what I want to do is um, read to you uh, from Psalm 13, and then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to try to unpack this a little bit for us this morning. Again, stepping outside of our series on Colossians, which it would have been perfect. You can notice, you know, going into Lent next Wednesday, um, <laughs> uh, I was planning on ending the series today, which would have been really appropriate, but I just felt like God, God was saying, actually, I had worked up a message. I'd already worked up my Colossians message, and it was, it was actually kind of later in the week that God was just like, nope, you're going to hit pause on that one, and I'm going to have you lean into this instead. So I'm as excited as you are about where God's going to go with this, quite honestly. So Psalm 13 is the text that um, we're going to utilize. But I'm, here's the, I've preached Psalm 13 before for the dwelling, and I'm not going to necessarily preach the text specifically as much as kind of the general thought and idea of lament. And um, we see within this psalm a lament. So here it is, Psalm 13. How long, oh Lord, how long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, my God, light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, the shifting that you made happen this past week because I really do believe that you are wanting us to hear something in particular. And I pray that you would um, speak that clearly through me this morning, God. Help us to hear with not only our ears but with also our hearts. Work mightily this morning, God. Lord, there's, um, there's a lot of brokenness in this world. There's a lot of things that our minds and our hearts are processing and thinking about. For some of us, it'll be hard to not even pick up our phone for the next few minutes as we have just been constantly checking our phone and checking and checking and checking and updating and updating. God, there's not many places in our life anymore where we actually just stop and process and listen. And I pray that this would be one of those moments, and not, not to hear Seth, but to really hear you, God. And so I just pray that you would speak what needs said, that, would, that, that we would hear what needs heard, and everything else, that it just wouldn't even happen. <laughs> I just pray that boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it was this past week, I, I was actually, um, I, was, I was with a group of, of pastors and church leaders, and we spent some time lamenting. And with that was part of what triggered for me the, the need to, to do this for y'all, to spend some time on this, because I knew how important it was for me 
this past week. And, um, you know, obviously with the, the Ukraine stuff, um, some of us affected more than others. Um, there's, there's some of you that are affected at the level of knowing people. I know some of you know people that are actually in Ukraine. I know some of you who actually know people who've already been killed. Um, and so there's that level, and then there's the level of, of, of um, you know, I, I don't know anybody. I don't know anything about it. I, I'm pretty distant from it. But the reality is, is there's something about, and, and to me this message isn't the Ukraine thing or something necessarily, but it's, it's part of both the lament side of things that took place for me with these other pastors, as well as the Ukraine stuff, that brought to, to my mind uh, our need to think about how we lament, how we mourn, how we process evil in the world. And, and you know, I could put images up of the Ukraine stuff. I could put little video clippings up to try to stir us. And, you know, there'd be people that would do I'm not doing any of that today. I'm, I'm not trying to stir. In, in fact, there's, in some ways, you're already either emotionally connected or not. Um, but the reality is, is what's going on over there has triggered in a lot of us something that's kind of fresh. And I don't know if it's because of the magnitude of it. I mean, there's wars and stuff that are going on all the time. We don't ever talk about that stuff. You know, there's wars and civil wars and fighting and infighting. Mean, there's bloodshed. There's people being persecuted. Christians that are, that are in the underground church all over the world all the time. But there's something about this Ukraine thing that brought up and provoked for us something that we're connected to that's a little different. That it just, it did something. And a lot of you have been spending this past week, some of you haven't, that's fine. But a lot of you have been spending a lot of time this past week checking the updates looking and following the little video clippings, watching what's been happening on your particular news source. Uh, some of you are, are, um, are, are watching that and, and, and following that maybe more than others. But we see something of a, you know, we see kids that are involved in this. Just that for me, just women and children that are under, in subways, as their homes are being bombed, and, and, and I, don't, I don't get it all, I don't follow it all, I don't understand it all, but I see some of those images, and it just kind of starts to break my heart, quite honestly. And, and I see, uh, I, I, you know, a grandma rocking her, her little grandson or granddaughter to sleep as bombs and gunfires and stuff's going off. And again, I'm, I'm sensitive in one sense because there is a sense in which this stuff happens a lot throughout the world. I want to say that just to remind us that these kinds of things we're maybe sheltered from sometimes more than we realize. But there's brokenness, there's evil, there's violence, there's wars and rumors of wars, right? I mean, that, that's the reality of what... What we're living in, and right now, this particular situation is definitely on a lot of our minds. How do we lament, you know, this, this psalm? How long, O Lord? How long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? How long, God, do we have to put up with this kind of stuff? I think that that's an appropriate question. 
and one that we sometimes try to bypass and just try to look at all, you know, like Jesus loves. Jesus loves. God's love. But here's the deal. As you go through the Bible, as you go through the Bible, all over the place, God's people mourn and lament. Lament like a, a deep mourning, a deep understanding that something is broken and you, you grieve that thing. And God's people do it all over the place. Let me just give you a couple examples. If, you, if you're in Genesis 25, uh, verse 22, here's one. Rebecca, Rebecca is pregnant. And Rebecca, it's interesting. This hadn't really popped for me until I read it this past week. But Rebecca has these two kids inside of her, Jacob and Esau, that are at, like they're already battling each other in her womb. And she says this, she says in verse 22, the children struggled together within her and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? And you could even, you could even translate that and you'll, there's a note there for in some of your Bibles that it is translated like, um, maybe I should just die. Is it even worth living? I mean, there's this incredible battle already taking place between Jacob and Esau before they're even born. And she can feel it. As a mom, she just knows something is wrong. Something's not okay. And then, if you, if you jump ahead, if you jump ahead to Genesis, uh, let me just make sure I get it, 37. Genesis 37. Jacob, Jacob himself, so one of the boys in Rebekah's womb, grows up, and he has some kids. And there's a situation, a scenario, where one of his sons, Joseph, it's told to Jacob that he's died. Now, that actually was a lie. That was a lie by his sons. But Jacob really believed that Joseph, one of his sons, had died. And I just want you to hear how Jacob responds. Verse 34 and 35. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All of his other sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Incredible grief. Some of you have experienced something like that. Um, you could go to uh, David uh, in 2 Samuel. David mourns the loss of King Saul and, um, and his son Jonathan. And you can go see that in 2 Samuel. I don't know what it was. 2 Samuel chapter 1, he mourns and grieves their loss. In 2 Samuel chapter 18, David grieves for his son Absalom. And, 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 and his son had been killed in battle, even though his son was trying to overtake David's throne. And David, just in incredible grief and lament, mourns the death of his son. Uh, Job, do you remember Job? Uh, a lot of you guys know Job. It's a whole book of just lamenting and mourning and brokenness as he is... is why, oh God, how long? What, why do I got to put up with this? What did I do wrong? What should I do? Uh, some theologians would say, and commentators were saying, like a third of the Psalms, which is the middle of the Bible, there's a book called the Psalms. 
And they're like prayers or hymns, okay? They're like prayers or songs of God's people that have been said and prayed for thousands of years. But it's like a third, one third of the Psalms are laments. God, where the heck are you? God, why don't you hear me? God, can you hear me? God, do you see me? A lot of these laments are on the front end of the book of Psalms and are actually written by King David. Where are you, God? And then there's actually a book in the Bible called Lamentations. Lamentations. Lamentations, five chapters. And it's a book of lament. You might argue it's the time in Israel's life where they lamented as a community more than any other time in history for them. It was a time when in, in, in uh, 586, the Babylonians came in and destroyed Jerusalem. They took over Jerusalem and they actually destroyed the temple. You know, we, as we're watching Ukraine, we notice, we start to gravitate towards certain things like the capital city, right? We, we, there's, a, there's a sense in which we're like, man, if that goes, that would be really bad for the Ukrainians because there's such a symbolicness to it. There's a leadership of this of it and all that kind of stuff, right? We kind of get it even as just regular people. Well, Jerusalem was the place where God was. Jerusalem was where the temple was. God himself was in the temple. Babylon coming in and destroying Jerusalem and destroying the temple was really bad. And Israel mourned and lamented. God. What are we going to do? How long is, are we going to have to go through this? I mean, Jerusalem being destroyed in 586, guys, was massive. Massive. The temple being destroyed, massive. Even this, the, the temple being destroyed in, uh, in 70 AD would have been massive. Huge, 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 huge suffering. How do we process this? How do we process this? Mourning, lamenting, sorrow, pain, suffering. What do we do? I'm amazed. Here's what I'm amazed about. See, because none of you care about any of that. I can tell. I can see in your faces. Trust me. I can see you better than you realize but I realize you don't care about Jerusalem. You don't care about Babylon. You don't care about that stuff. Okay, fine. Well, what happens when we, what happens when somebody close to us dies? Or we find out somebody has cancer? Or what happens when you wake up and you keep waking up at 4 a.m. and you can't get back to sleep for another two hours because of the thing that you're worried about? And you keep stressing that thing. And it's, it, you're like, man, it's not even that big of a deal. It's just something at work. Yeah, but it keeps what, keeping you up. What about that stuff? See, now that's a little more close. You know, you're like, okay, I care about that stuff. How do we lament some of these things? What fascinates me 
what fascinates me about the way in which we oftentimes operate with God, and this is really the, this is really the bread and butter of this message. Oftentimes, when we come to God, we come to him with our problems, right? We come to God oftentimes with our problems, and then we follow that up with coming to God with our solutions. Isn't that true? Like we come to God with our problems, we come to him with our suffering and lamenting and all of our stuff, but then oftentimes we follow that up with, and God, I know what needs to happen, and so I'm going to start praying that particular thing too. Now, I know I'm talking to everybody in the room. Even if you're not even a Christian, you've prayed to God in some kind of sense. And oftentimes when you prayed to God in some kind of sense, you even prayed a solution. God, bring healing, please, to this particular person with cancer. God, please help in this particular situation in this particular way. God, I see a problem Here's what the solution is. How many of us have done this? We've all done this. What does it look like? What does it look like? And it's appropriate today that we have all the children. What does it look like to learn from our kids? To learn from our kids who come to us, who come to dad. Okay, I'll just use my kids. When my kids come to me, oftentimes they just come to me with their problem. They're boo-boo, they're owie. There's, an, there's a sense, they already know dad is good. They already know and they've, they've gone through the process and repetition of knowing that dad kind of knows what's going to happen or how to deal with it. Dad has a sense in which there's, there's um, he's good, he's fair, sometimes fair, he's he's he's. He's, he's fairly understanding of a lot of stuff in life. And so all I have to do is come to him with my boo-boo and my owie and not a solution, but trust. That's the message today. How can we learn to take to God our problems and our trust? Not our problems and our solutions, emphasis on our, but problems and trust. Lament and trust. That's the teaching of lament. We lament and we trust. There it is. That's the teaching. Look at Psalm 13, how it ends. But I, and I didn't even choose the darkest psalm. Probably the darkest psalm in all of the Bible is Psalm 88. Because it ends with basically no hope. It actually, most of the psalms of lament end with some kind of reflection back on who God is. You want to go read a dark psalm, go read Psalm 88. Because it ends with nothing. It's just dark and black. Here, Psalm 13, as dark and black as it starts, it does end with 
the psalmist gravitating, drawing his attention to God at some level. Here he says this, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because, notice this, he has dealt bountifully with me. He spent some time reflecting on the past. He did some thanksgiving stuff. Yeah, God, I'm in the middle of hell right now, but I have seen and I'm thankful for your activity and your work and your faithfulness to me in my past, and I can see that. I'm not going to emphasize that too much today, but that is something to note in this particular psalm. So how do we enter into... See, what, what concerns me sometimes, what concerns me is that we think lament is bad. And we actually sometimes think lamenting is not what Christians are supposed to do. We're not supposed to mourn. We're not supposed to grieve. Where I see this the most is when, and you've experienced this. Some of you know exactly what I'll be talking about. Some of you have had people die and you've had really nice people come and say really annoying things to you. You see what I'm saying? Have you ever had that happen? When Jackie and I were going through the worst time in our life, we were amazed at the stupid things people said to us. We were amazed. And really good people. These weren't bad people trying to blow us up or anything like that. They were just flowing out of them. Well, I'll use the word ignorance, but I don't even know if ignorance is the right word because in a lot of ways, they've, been, they've experienced some of those painful things too. And I don't know if you forget it or if, or if there's this sense within Christianity itself where we feel like we can't lament and mourn and, and, and sit in the ashes. That we always have to be happy clappy. That we always have to be, you know, happy, smiling and everything's okay. And I think sometimes that, that is, it's subtle. It's not like anybody's ever saying that maybe, but there's this subtle sense in which that's how I'm supposed to be. And so I've got to either fake it till I make it or something's got to happen where I can show people that I'm actually a follower of Jesus because I'm smiling Man, as you read through the scriptures, that's just not the picture you see. You see God's people mourn and suffer and lament a lot. Some of you are in a, right now, you're lamenting. You're mourning. You're in it right now. And that's okay. That's okay. You can mourn. You can lament. I tell people all the time at funerals and stuff when I, you know, get to have the honor of getting to walk with somebody through that, just bawl your eyes out. Just cry. Just mourn. Just lament. And direct that towards God. Direct it towards Him. Direct your crying, direct... Directed to him. That's a picture of lament and trust. 
You don't have to have all the solutions. You don't have to tell somebody when their loved one died, well, God's going to work that out for good and they're in a much better place. You don't have to say that. You can just come alongside them and put your arm around them and just cry. And just mourn. Lament is actually part of what God's people do this side of eternity. And I wanted you to hear that today. This is actually something God's people do. We should become the best lamenters. We should lament well. And lamenting well is coming with our laments and our trust. It's actually something I want you to do right now. Uh, on your way in, you should have got a little note card and a little pen. And I'd like you to take that out. If, I mean, you don't have to do this right now if you don't want to, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to spend a little bit of time with this. Nobody's going to see these cards. You're not going to come up and lay them at the foot of the cross or anything. like. None of that's going to happen. You're just going to sit in your chair. Uh, those of you watching online, if you have a pencil or a pen and a little pad of paper or something, what I'd like you to do is I would like you to write down some laments. And I want you to just say something. I mean, you can say it however the heck you want, but I just want you to write down something like, I lament today this. I lament this. I mourn this. I, like, it, and it could be, you know, I got some thoughts here. I mean, it could be, I lament the amount of weight that I feel on my shoulders right now. This doesn't have to just be, in quotes, big stuff. It can be anything. I lament the broken relationship that I'm having to deal with right now. I lament my financial situation. I lament the Ukraine stuff. I lament suffering. I lament my neighbors who don't know Jesus. I lament sickness. I lament the fact that I wake up at four in the morning and worry about stupid stuff. I lament that. I lament that I, actually that for me would make my card. What do you lament today? Don't write in a solution. Don't switch the prayer then to, God, please do this. No, no, no. Just write down the lament. Take some time to do that right now. Those of you watching online, take some time and, and lament. I lament that there's wars. I lament my lack of wisdom.
I lament. I lament. How quick I am to lean into my own, my own understanding of things. I lament that. I mourn that. It could be anything. Write some of this stuff down and just take it to the Lord. This isn't the most intimate setting, and so, you know, only maybe carries so much sentimentality or something like that. But I hope the reality of it is, is felt and realized that we can mourn the broken stuff of this world. We can mourn our problems that we find ourselves in. We can lament the situations in our life that maybe are out of our control or maybe are part of, you're part of the problem. How do we lament well? Okay, let me bring you back. No matter what, no matter how dark your situation is, I want you to hear this very clearly today. No matter how dark your situation you find yourself in, it will never be as dark as what Jesus has gone through. No matter how much weight is on your shoulders today, it will never fully be the kind of weight that Jesus has carried. No matter how alone you feel right now, you will never be as alone as Jesus was. Now, I say this because of this thought. I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through. It's simply how we can enter into lamenting and trusting. Watch this. Jesus is the only one who has ever experienced all of lament at its fullest. He is the only one who can pray Psalm 88, the darkest psalm in the entire Bible. He is the only one who can pray Psalm 88 at its fullest. Any hell, hellish thing that you come up against, it will never be as hellish as the hell he's experienced. See, Jesus actually understands lament better than anybody. Jesus from the cross... In Mark chapter 15, Jesus says, My God, my God. Probably the next slide. Or no, right there. Why have you forsaken me? You will never be that alone when we trust in Jesus. Jesus has made it so that there is hope in the midst of lament. Because he has suffered lament at its fullest. Suffered the darkest of darks. He suffered the aloneness of alone. God himself forsaking his son. Suffering the eternal consequences of your sin and mine. Hell. True hell. 
so that we don't have to. That's our hope. That's why we can actually go to Jesus and we can say, I lament this and I trust in you. Because he gets that better than anybody. He's not far off and away and floating in some spatial somewhere else-ness. He is right there in the middle of it. He's right there in the middle of it. I want to have uh, Matt and Tiffany, you guys can start heading on up. I just want to ask this question of what, what are we lamenting today? And are we lamenting by providing God with all of the solutions? Or like a child, do we come to him? Are we coming to him and saying, God, here's my boo-boo, here's my owie, and I trust in you. There's a song, and we're going to sing it today. There's a song called Great is Thy Faithfulness. Remember that song? Great is thy... It's a song that, actually, when I looked it up, I thought it was going to be an older hymn. But it's not. It was actually first written in 1923. It's actually a new hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. The phraseology for great is thy faithfulness and the reason for which it's been written is because it actually comes from the book of Lamentations. In Lamentations chapter 3, there's a short little small window in Lamentations that's all dark and all broken and all bad. There's this little short little section where... The, the, the writer, who we think is, is probably the prophet Jeremiah, where Jeremiah says, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. That's what God's people do. We lament and we mourn and we trust. Great is your faithfulness, God. You're faithful. You're faithful. You love me. You died for me. I was sharing earlier with the, with some of the some of our, our team that good friend of mine, Pastor John Powell, who who died last year now or whatever it was, when his wife and this is coming from the pastor who had to tell his wife that he had died. I've shared this with some of you. When she found out that he had died that night, he said for the next couple hours she just walked around the house saying out loud the gospel. She just walked around the house reminding herself of what God had done for her. Great is his faithfulness. He went to the cross for me. He died for me. He loves me. Are you going through some stuff right now? Yes. Is the world going through some stuff right now? Yes. Are we going to keep going through some brokenness in this broken world? Yes. Jesus promises that. But he is faithful. And we do have hope in a resurrected Savior who has conquered sin, death, and the power of the enemy. May that bless you today. Let's walk out of here as really good lamenters. Let's lament well. Trusting in him. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we can lament, that we can mourn, and we can direct that attention to you. Lord, I don't know who needed to hear this message today. I know I needed to hear it earlier in the week. Um, but I do, I do know there's some serious suffering going on in this room. 
And I think they need to be told they, it's okay that they suffer. That they're, it's okay that they're mourning is what I mean. It's not okay that they're suffering. It's, it's okay that they're mourning and lamenting. And um, as we all learn to lament, teach us to trust. You are faithful, God. You are faithful in Jesus' name.